It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. This is Priority Talk Radio. We are on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Here we are in this second hour. We talk ministry and culture. Greg Davis is out. I am in. My name is Nate Williams, and we have Andrew in the studio. I hope everyone's doing well. You're driving safe. Y'all, uh, just make sure we, you know, we're, we're wide awake. If you need to, I don't know, uh, Andrew, okay, I'm going to ask you this. When you're at the wheel and you're a little sleepy, what do you do to, like, wake yourself up? Is there anything, do you, uh, you know, what, what do you do? I have a very weird thing that I do when I get tired. <laughs> Is it like, don't share it on radio no, weird? <laughs> it's, I'll usually have water with me. Okay. And what I do is I'll take the water and kind of put it underneath my eyes okay. and like on my face, and it'll keep me awake a little bit. Whoa. I Really? Do you think it's just a you thing, or is there like science behind it? It might just be all in my head. I'm not really I'm sure. I'm going to look it up. And so, so you just take some water and put it on your face. Huh, that is interesting. I think for me, I kind of try to beat bop around, have some music, play it loud. I roll down the windows a little bit, particularly if it's cool. If it's cool, then I'll, I can, you know, just the, the wind kind of slaps you. I might, you know, I'm not going to do it in the mic because it's obnoxious, but I might, you know, s- slap my face a little bit, like wake up, wake up kind of deal. Um, I'm just trying to think. But anyway, so, yeah, if you're driving out there, <laughs> stay awake. Uh, you going to make it. Just stay awake. Um and I know because sleepiness can be a problem. If you are not listening to this while you are driving, maybe you're on, uh, you're listening to our podcast. Well, I hope everything's going well with you. Uh, our podcast is Priority Talk. It's on Apple, Spotify, and other podcast carriers. So this second hour, like I said, we talk ministry and culture in general. It's not that way every day. Sometimes it'll bleed over. It'll kind of be a little bit of both. But in the first hour, we talk news and politics. Second hour, we do maybe a little theology, a little doctrine, um, stuff like that. But, you know, that's often how it goes. So Andrew was telling me right before we got started that he went and he saw a movie. Uh, Andrew, tell me about the movie. Me and all of my friends went and saw the Mario movie. Uh, was it? I want to say Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday night. Okay. I really, we all really enjoyed it. Yeah. But we've all also been playing the Mario games. Me too. For a while. Yeah. But it's all. It's a good movie. But it's also very clearly a kids movie. Yes. But there's things in it for adults. Uh, like there's jokes in it that kids will obviously not fully understand but it's still a funny joke to them yeah it it, just with all the lights and the animation it's just it's just fun really in my opinion but uh i guess were you what were your because i'm wondering whether i should watch it because it's nostalgia right we grew up playing the games and 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 we love the games a lot of fun and then they had spinoff games you have like yoshi and all, all those things um wario i love wario luigi's mansion stuff like that uh so my question to you is they're thinking about from what i hear they're thinking about building a mario extended universe are you for it or are you like no they made a good movie don't ruin a good thing what are your thoughts i think it could work but at the same time it depends on how they do it like if they decide to give every single character their own movie or show i think it'll get too not too big but just too overcomplicated, especially for what is mainly for kids yeah, and, and I think I think you're right about that. It just it's it's a pet peeve of mine that Hollywood um, Hollywood 
takes a good concept. You know, Mario, it's not going to be overly political. It's just, you know, go get Peach from wherever Bowser has stolen her, whatever. Um, they, they take a good concept and then they butcher it. Everything has to be a universe. You had the Marvel universe. And then when people saw how much money that Marvel made, uh, people were like, oh, I guess, you know, we, we got to, you know, do that with everything. So DC tried it uh, with, with, you know, Batman, Justice League, Superman, all that. That kind of flopped. And so they're rebooting. They're starting over, I think, with uh, James Gunn, if I have that right. Anyways, um, uh, they, they tried that with uh cruise tom cruise and there's like this monster universe that they were going to try do you remember what that was called it was called like the dark universe the or dark universe like everything has to be its own universe and i um i got into an argument with my friends uh, on on sunday because they loved it and they're all for it they're like man yoshi can have his own spinoff you, you you know there's the there's the game universe why can't you have movies and, and tv shows and i'm like don't ruin a good thing because Star Wars did that, right? I think Star Wars, I love the Star Wars movies growing up. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, or, you know, some people will fight me and be like, no, that's not how you count them. You have the main ones and then the prequels and whatever. Anyways, but one, two, three, four, five, six, love those movies. Then they came out with seven, eight, and nine that I thought, honestly, for the most part, like, sure, some of the battles were cool and the, the CGI was awesome like some of that was still cool but i just didn't like the movies very much are you a star wars guy i'm a very big star wars guy okay what did you think about seven eight and nine i loved force awakens really i think it was maybe a top three star wars movie but i think they really butchered it after that i think it really went downhill i don't think they had a plan on where they were going or anything like that I don't think they did either. I remember talking about that with Stewart. They switched. I don't know if it was like producers or directors. They went from like one person to the other back to the same person for uh, for number nine at the end. Yeah. So anyways, and then you come out with uh, The Mandalorian, uh, Boba Fett, The Book of Boba Fett, um, Ethers, Obi-Wan, and you you just get to the point where you're oversaturated, in my opinion. We see that with Marvel. Marvel now, some of their more recent stuff just isn't as popular. And to be fair, to be fair, uh, it's hard to top the original characters. You have the Hulk, Captain America, Iron Man. Like once those guys started to, to fade out a little bit, the newer characters, the more minor people, you're just not going to have an, um, as much attachment to. Like, Did you watch The Eternals? I did. I was not a fan. Not a fan. Now, the the visually, it was a very beautiful movie. Just the placement and where they shot various things intermingled with CGI. But yeah, like no one cares about the Eternals, like emotionally. But you're going to care about Captain America. You're going to going to care about Iron Man. So so Marvel's getting to the point with their TV shows, their movies, where I think they're heading for saturation as well. And I don't know if their whole complex is designed to be able to pause. Because the thing about Star Wars was, how long was it between movies? You had, uh, you had well, really, uh, one, two, three, really. But anyways, you had four, five, six. And then when they did one, two, three, what was the gap between the main ones and then the prequels? Do you, do you know? I'm pretty sure... The first Star Wars came out in the seventies, right? Yeah, I think so. Those I know that the episode uh, three, so one, two, and three, the third one came out in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, because I was born when that movie came out, but I was super young. Yeah. So at least twenty years. So there, there's a gap, and then there's another gap between, I guess, yeah, one, two, three, between one, two, three, and then seven, eight, nine. There was another gap, and and you have this anticipation. It's very exciting. I remember, I was so excited for number seven. Like that was, we we got. I think it was like a Thursday night midnight premiere. I was all over that thing because I, I loved it, and and but then you start just cranking out stuff, and all of a sudden it's like oh. Another Star Wars show. Oh, another Marvel movie. It just gets to the point where it's like, uh, it's tiring. But Hollywood doesn't understand that because all they see is money. If this is going to make money, 
who cares? But anyways, friends, what are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on this? We're kind of nerding out a little bit, uh, which is fun, um, because in the segments coming up, I'll talk about more serious things. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, you know, pastoral burnout, just how do you know it's time to walk away from the ministry? We'll talk a little bit about... Uh, yeah, we, we now know that Charles Stanley uh, has passed away. That's something that happened uh, recently. In Touch Preacher, who uh, Christianity Today, the article goes, uh, In Touch Preacher, who led with stubborn faith. Um, so I'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about his life and his ministry. We'll read a little bit about Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you know, the different seasons of life. So we'll, we'll get into more serious stuff. So I just figured, hey, nerding out, talking a little pop culture, Marvel, uh, Star Wars, Mario. For a lot of us, that's what we grew up with. And I know that's a lot, a lot of the, it's the same case for our listening audience as well in, in, in many situations. And so it's just unfortunate to see Hollywood kind of butcher a, you know, a, a good thing. So often is the case because uh, another example is there's very little new material being promoted. It's all prequels and it's all remakes. Like, for instance, I heard that, I don't know if this is true. Disney is making a live action Moana. Now, did you hear about that? I did hear about that. Do you think it's true? I don't know. I want to say no, but I also know The Rock loves to make money. Yes. Oh, he he's made crazy. He has a formula, just kind of like his comedy type formula. He 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 basically stars in the same movie over and over and over again, oftentimes with similar casts, and and just just does his rock shtick and makes kind of cracks, you know, jokes and whatever. Um, so that's his thing. But the, the thing that got me about that was Moana. I think was about eight years ago, give or take. Like, man, let the dust settle before you do live action remakes. It's an Another thing to do, um, uh, Jungle Book, uh, what's another one? Lion King, right? So those were are a little bit older, but Moana's a newer movie. Just like, man, let 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 things just rest a little bit before you do live action, which is just a pure money grab because it's the same story. You're not telling anything new. But yeah, that's just a mark that Hollywood's running out of originality because it's all the same IP that they know, tried and true, nostalgia. I fell for it for Top Gun 2. Are you, did you like Top Gun? Did you watch Top Gun? I watched the first one in anticipation of watching the second one. Yeah. I didn't love the first movie, okay, but I really enjoyed the second one. I love the second movie. So, okay, I'm a sucker. I'm part of the problem. I understand. Top Gun 2 was, uh, it was actually a great thing for uh, movie theaters because it was, people were wondering after COVID, hey, do people even want to go to the movies? Top Gun 2 came out, made a lot of money. I was a sucker. I'll admit I went. And then people were like, oh, okay, movie theaters are still viable. But uh, but anyways, it's just it's just sad state of affairs, ruining ruining good stuff because you overproduce it and then not coming out with original ideas but anyways friends on the other side of the break we'll talk a little bit about more serious things ministry type stuff uh, you know talk about charles stanley passing away and uh, and other items y'all this is wxjc radio check out our website priorititalkradio.com fm 101.1 am 850 y'all don't go anywhere This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing. 
205-369-9630. Hi, Alabama. This is Robert Jeffress, Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Thank you so much for listening to Priority Talk with my friend, Greg Davis, right here on WXJC. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Andrew in the studio. And now the first segment of this second hour, so a little past six o'clock, we talked a lot about pop culture, nerded out, talked a little bit, Mario, uh, Star Wars, DC Universe. And, And the reason why is one, you need to be able to talk about lighthearted things and fun things. I'm all for it. I think... A lot of movies are just a blast to talk about. And you have different fandoms and all that. But also, I knew that the next couple topics we'll talk about that will take us to 7 o'clock uh, to close out the show, really, uh, they're, they're, just, they're a little heavier. And heavy stuff, you need to talk about it. It's there. It's real. It's real life. It gets gritty and messy. But also, you have to balance it out. So I enjoyed that first segment. Andrew uh, knows a lot more than me on, on those topics, so it was it was fun to talk with him. Uh, for our next conversation topic for, I guess, to take us a little bit into 630, uh, this is from the Gospel Coalition. Waiting takes a village, too, from Jen Hess. The announcement usually comes during prayer time. A young husband and wife exchange a knowing glance and then share the news. They're pregnant. After bursting with congratulations, their small group leaps into planning a baby shower, organizing a meal train, and praying for the little one on the way. Most churches know how to support couples who are expecting. We recognize the challenges of this joyful, exhausting season and rally to serve them. Who better to be their village than the body of Christ? But not every family in church can get pregnant or carry a baby to term. Many couples struggle with infertility and miscarriage. These are heartbreaking trials that weigh heavily on a couple's health, marriage, finances, and relationship with the Lord. No Christian should walk through infertility or miscarriage alone, just as the church lifts up parents-to-be. We're called to help carry the burdens of our brothers and sisters who are waiting for children. They need a village, too. And, okay, now this is back to me talking. I love that concept. They need a village, too. Oftentimes, when we celebrate, we do so in public. So think about uh, birthday parties. Think about graduations. I'm going to be going to a couple in... uh, towards the end of this month and into May. And those are exciting. We love that. You think retirement parties, a lot of the good things in life we celebrate in groups. But oftentimes when we suffer, when there are tragedies, when things don't go our way, we tend to suffer in silence and by ourselves. That's brutal. That, not that you can't heal ultimately, but the healing process takes longer. Uh, There are a lot more doubts. uh, To take suffering and then add loneliness, think about like a recipe, uh, you know, a pinch of suffering with a, you know, a dose of loneliness, like putting loneliness on top of whatever you're going through just will make it worse. Uh, You think uh, about losing a job, you think about loved ones passing away, tragedies, uh, Recently on the show, we talked about the Dadeville shooting, and uh, on our podcast, if you want to hear that conversation, we had Pastor Ben Hayes from Dadeville on, and we talked about some of those things there, how we can serve them, a community response, and things like that. And uh, there, there are just a lot of bad things that happen in life. Life has its ups and downs. I always think of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time for this and there's a time for that. So you have the joyful times and the sad times. Uh, I think about uh, losing 
grandparents you know that that's really sad oftentimes that happens in someone's teen years or in their 20s you, you think about divorces you think about miscarriages and all of those things don't suffer alone if you can that's where the church can come in and, and serve uh they need a village too. You need a village. So if that's you right now, you're listening and uh, you're like, oh man, that's, I'm going through a tough time. Do your best to let, let people in, to talk about it. Go to counseling if you need to. Talk with a pastor for spiritual guidance. Uh, hopefully you're a part of a local church. And uh, let, don't, don't suffer alone. Uh, then uh, the Gospel Coalition article talks about just some ways to help. One way to help is to talk less and listen more. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter 10. It's 10 verse 19. When words are many, transgression, you think sin or wrongdoing. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So in ministry, I always talk about this. One of the most important things you can do is be present. There are all the cliches, right? Even I'm praying for you can become kind of a cliche. There's all the trite, maybe true, but trite sayings we have like, oh, it's going to get better. Oftentimes it does. Oh, it's all right. It's going to be all right. Yeah, sure. But that's not always needed. Sometimes that's actually harmful. Kind of people roll their eyes, they get sarcastic and snippy and snarky uh, just maybe be silent pray with them or pray silently but be with them no hug just sit next to them and so yeah words are needed you think funerals there's a message there's a prayer so words are good but just listen more uh, another one is show up physically so you have meals. I think meals is kind of like that universal love language. Just let people know, hey, I got you for dinner. Don't worry about it because cooking involves just, you know, some prep work, time, energy, effort. I'm not the greatest cook, but, you know, I'll make things here and there. And, uh, you know, it just takes time to think about, all right, what am I going to make? So making people meals is, is wonderful. Maybe helping out with yard work. Uh, mowing lawns and weed eating uh, that anything you can do to help maybe uh, taking kids for rides to and from places if you are a uh, trusted person in a certain friendship i think that's important uh, you include them in uh, church life uh, make sure that you know and the ho holidays are important for this i could do a much better job holidays are important for this because if you've lost a loved one, a spouse, or something. You know, it's really tough, the holidays. It's hard being by yourself when other people are celebrating. Uh, think about it. Christmas is a time for celebration. We're celebrating the birth of Christ, uh, family, friends, uh, our blessings. If you've just gone through a tragedy or maybe the anniversary, you know, whatever it might be, those are tough times. So make sure to be particularly aware of those around you who might be going through a sad, a sad part of their journey and be with them. Uh, I'm going to read the article. Make an intentional effort to welcome childless couples as well as single adults and others who don't fit the nuclear family mold. Include them in small groups and fellowship events. For sermon illustrations, draw from relatable situations beyond the parenting realm. During an infant baptism or child dedication, incorporate a prayer for couples who are waiting for children. Oh, I think that's so good. And in sermons, again, I'll preach from time to time. The easiest sermon illustrations are often marriage. Now, I make sure when I when I do a marriage illustration, I'm the one I'm the bad one on, on the end of the story. That's like I need to learn the lesson and I don't bash my wife. I make sure, you know, if I. I'm, I talk about my mistake that I made or something, uh, anything I could do to improve. So just uh, I think that's wise. But uh, in sermon illustrations, use something that's relatable to, to singles. Use something that's relatable for people who don't have children. I think that's great. 
Uh, number four, encourage their marriage. Uh, childbearing difficulties put marriages through the ringer. As a couple's church family, be an advocate for their marriage in this tough season. So uh, it, for this particular article, it, I've kind of broadened it, and I'm talking about suffering in general. But this article is particularly about those who are suffering with infertility or they've had a miscarriage, things like that. So be an advocate for their marriage in the tough season. Help them as best you can. If you know, Maybe help them with a vacation. Maybe you're blessed in a certain ways in the vacation realm. Uh, things like that. There's uh, counseling, couple services, uh, all that. And then, as always, make sure to pray. I think prayer is important. Um, make sure to pray for them, y'all, because as a church, we want to celebrate as a village. We also want to help those who are suffering to bear burdens as a village. So it, it takes a village both ways. And I thought that was profound and wanted to share that with you as well. And uh, one of the greatest marks we'll make as a church, you know, I'm evangelical. I love my Bible. I love good doctrine. I love apologetics, defending the faith. I love evangelism, spreading the faith. I, I love all of it. I love all of it. It's all needed. In addition, let us be known for the fact that we suffer with those who suffer. We mourn with those who mourn. And we try to bear each other's burdens, not just in the good time. Those are my thoughts anyway. Uh, what are your thoughts? I want to hear them. Make sure to text the letters PTR, those three letters, to the number 202-249-5592. At that point, you will be on our text line. And you can make comments, ask questions, um, and uh, we can uh, maybe share a story. Uh, we, we love a good story because here's the thing. I can talk about this stuff all day long. Woulda, shoulda, coulda. You can do this. You can do that. But what solidifies it in the eyes of or maybe the ears of the listener is a good story, y'all. So if you have a good story, I'd love to hear it. Ways that, um, uh, that a church community or a family came alongside someone who was uh, suffering and going through a tough time and helped to make things better. That's what I love to hear. So I can talk about it, but uh, I, I always like to hear your thoughts. And, uh, yeah, that's just what I think anyways. This is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. When we're on the other side of this break, we'll talk about, well, as a pastor, how do you know when to hang it up so to speak how do you know if it's time to leave the ministry and uh, it'll it'll be a good conversation and it's on the other side of this break priorititalkradio.com check it out that's our website follow us on social media at priority talk don't go anywhere greg davis here and i want to remind you of priority talk's longest running advertiser and that's today's family dentistry your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment, 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like, ooh, ah, yeah, ooh, my life be like, ooh. Priority Talk Radio. We are on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out for this second hour. We have Andrew in the studio. Uh, we are on, like I said, Mondays through Fridays. That's about 10 hours of radio. Um, now, I, uh, you know, Greg Davis is the host, and I help out with the show, and I love it. But sometimes that's a good amount of talking, and this is what I say. This is what I say. I'm not going to get 
everything right but and and i don't mind gentle loving correction i know sometimes we get all mad and angry but sometimes you talk for enough hours you're gonna make mistakes and it it happens that's all right Uh, but you know if if that's ever the case you can email me uh, nate at prioritytalkradio.com or you can text us at 202-249-5592. Text the letters PTR to that number and just, hey, I'm up for some correction. So sometimes when I talk theology, I might not always use the perfect term. Uh, you know, I might be praying or whatever it is. And uh, it's like, oh, you got to be careful. And so I don't mind correction. But, yeah, just just letting you know. I'm not won't, – won't get offended if that's the case. Uh, so the article we'll talk about now is from the Gospel Coalition, How to Know if It's Time to Leave Pastoral Ministry. After five years of being a senior pastor, Brian Croft was a mess. There had been three different movements to get me fired, he said. There were threats of violence against me. The pastoral search team that led the committee to hire me was slandering my name all around the community. The church ran out of money. At the age of 34, I started having issues with my heart that doctors diagnosed as coming from accumulated stress. What did he do? I stayed, he said, and in year six, God turned the church around. It flourished for the next 10 years. And then with a church that was financially and relationally stable, training interns and running ministries, Croft felt it was time to leave. In March 2022, 42% of surveyed pastors told Barna they'd consider quitting full-time ministry within the last year. I've talked to pastors who have been serving more than 50 years who said the combination of COVID, race relations, volatile elections, and fights over shutting down and masks created an unprecedented situation, said Croft, who now counsels pastors. They'd never experienced something this radically hard, this expansive. Every pastor dealt with it. In hard seasons or even in healthy seasons, how does a pastor know if he's supposed to persevere or if it's time to be done? The Gospel Coalition asked three former pastors, all of whom now teach or counsel pastors for their best advice. And so then the article goes on to uh, just talk about different ways of how do you leave? How do you finish strong? And I thought it was interesting because uh, pastor burnout is, is real. Make sure you encourage your pastor. Make sure you pay him appropriately. I know a lot of pastors are expected to to work more hours than than what you might think. Um, there's kind of like un how to put it unspoken. There we go. Unspoken expectations about uh, responsibilities and running ministries and things like that that they might not tell a pastor on the front end. And it happens. Part of it's natural. Part of it's not and uh, shouldn't be done. But uh, pastoral burnout is real. So what what are some things to to how, what are some pieces of advice uh, according to this article? Number one, don't quit on a Monday. Pastors, it's Monday, Croft tweeted a few weeks ago. Don't resign. No major decisions. No hard meetings. His advice, hit the gym, drink some good coffee, prayer, silence, mindless administration tasks, hang with a safe friend, save the rest for tomorrow. That's often the advice I give to young adults and teens. Don't make decisions at night. When you don't make decision, don't make life-changing decisions past Uh, I'll say nine o'clock at night, because how many of us, it's been late at night, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're cranky, maybe you didn't have the best day of work, uh, whatever it might be, and you make a life decision then, but then... Oh, oh, hold on. Let me keep talking about that. You're like, I'm going to change jobs. I'm going to change majors. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to marry so-and-so. I'm going to break up with so-and-so. And then you go to bed. Hopefully, you get a... Hopefully, you get a good night's sleep. And then you wake up and all of a sudden, things feel different. The sun's shining, maybe. Maybe the birds are chirping, maybe. And you're like, oh, that decision that I made last night, I'm totally not going to do that. So I think that's good, to, good uh, 
That, that's wisdom right there. So don't quit on a Monday. You know, the day after, just just give it some time. Give it some time. Don't quit too soon. Uh, if a pastor called me and said they were considering leaving the ministry, the first thing I'd want to know is how long they'd been feeling this way, said Jared Wilson, who left local church ministry after about 25 years to take a job at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Like any work, pastoring has its lean seasons. We go through low periods. We experience anxiety, depression, discouragement, and fatigue. That is not a call away from the vocation, but a call for more intense care and help from others. So I think that's that's true. You, there's a care checklist, soul family ministry. You know, are you eating right? Are you exercising? Are you sleeping? Now that kind of convicts me because I don't always eat well like I should. Uh, check with your family. How's your marriage? That's important. Check with your spouse. And then uh, you know, check with your family. And anyways, uh, just that you have like a little checklist. Um, retest your calling so maybe just uh just kind of ask questions look around um see you know what else is out there and maybe you go there for a little bit you try different things and then you come back to ministry and you're like okay it's time to jump back in or uh, maybe it's time to renew my my intensity or maybe you're like okay by testing the waters a little bit yeah it's time to go um, ask your elders. That's another p bit of advice. So hopefully you have good leaders in your church that will shoot straight with you. They'll, they'll be honest with you. Um, talk to your elders. Talk to your deacons. Talk to, you know, maybe churches have different, uh, different uh, leadership structures, different names for, for things. But, uh, you know, w w what do you think? You know, I want to hear your thoughts. Make sure to text uh, the letters PTR to 202 249 5592 uh, are there people in your life that you know you go to in these times that'll that'll tell you the truth uh, in grace i think that's important so uh, make sure to check a lot of people ask opinions and see what they have to say there's also the fact that you don't want to quit you want to finish quitting and finishing are two different things quitting is there's just still work i need to do i'm out Finishing is finishing a closing out a season. I don't want to use the same word in a definition. Does, you don't want to do that. Finishing is closing out a season of life, tying up the ends that it's you need to tie up, and then moving on to the next season. There's a difference between finishing and quitting, Dodson said. Quitting is throwing in the towel because you're emotionally overwhelmed. We typically make poor decisions then. So we need to wait for emotions to quiet so we can hear the voice of the spirit. The key thing to ask yourself, according to Croft, is, have I completed what God sent me here to do? He continues, I find a lot of guys leaving for a new exciting opportunity without considering that God called them to their current job. Before you leave, your conscience needs to be clear that you completed what you were supposed to do. That's different for every person, he said. Uh, for Croft, it felt like the end of an era when an elderly woman in the church passed away, one who had opposed him in the beginning, but over time softened toward him. By the end, she was one of his staunchest allies. This lady was really special to me, and she symbolized my ministry there in a lot of ways, he said. Through steady consistency, he'd built up a relationship with multiple people who'd wanted to oust him. Most changed their minds about him, their trust growing as he stabilized their attendance and finances, and as he started initiatives like an internship program. Their church of fewer than 100 people had sent more than 30 families to pastoral work or the mission field. When she died, one of the last of the old guard, Croft felt he'd finished his task there and could move on to another. And then finally, uh, you know, if you if it's time to leave, leave well. Uh, in some ways, it's easier for a congregation to lose a pastor to the marketplace than to another congregation. No matter how hard a, perster, a, a pastor works to leave well, when he leaves to go to another church, the original church usually feels like the older wife he's leaving for a younger, prettier wife, Croft said. There's no way around that. Leaving the ministry altogether communicates it's not you, 
it's me. Still, any loss of a pastor is more unsettling than when someone like a neighbor or colleague moves on. As with other seasons of grief, it helps to take things slowly. Giving a short two-week notice can ruin the church for the next guy, Croft said. After he announced his decision to leave, he gave his congregation another six months. I stayed until the end of the year to help them find a new pastor, and they did, Croft said. I also stayed because I knew my last effort to care for the people was to let them grieve me leaving. He did that by visiting the home of every member. I sat with them and said, hey, tell me what you think about this. I asked how they felt and if they wanted to say anything to me. I needed that as much as they did. Dodson stayed two months after his announcement. That was about right, he said. I couldn't have done more. Uh, but anyways, and then there's the other option of staying well. If after all this, you've tested the waters, you kind of check things out, you've asked around and you're going to stay well. Uh, excuse me, you're going to stay. You'll want to stay well. That's important. That is important that you know you have energy inspiration at times that's 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 good your calling is still there um, you're being obedient you're listening you're taking care of yourself you're taking care of your family and your marriage that's important um, that's that that's all a part of it so make sure you stay well on the other side of this next break we'll be talking about Charles Stanley a Baptist pastor and televangelist who dies at 90. Um, that was something recent that happened, and we'll talk about it a little bit. This is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. We'll be right back. Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at .edison.com. Hey everybody, this is Kurt Cameron and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. We are closing out this second hour as we head towards 7 o'clock. Y'all, uh, we are on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7. In the second hour, we've been talking ministry and culture. The first segment, we talked a little bit about the Mario movie that was out. And, uh, and then after that, we kind of talked about more serious things like uh, how to help couples who are struggling with uh, infertility or, or people who are suffering in the church in general. And then uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, as pastors, how do you know if it's time to leave? Just different things you can walk through, different uh, questions you can ask, um, or ultimately you might decide to stay. And then finally, we'll talk about Charles Stanley, Baptist pastor and televangelist who dies at 90. Uh, that is uh, news. Uh, Charles Stanley, the popular televangelist preacher, author and founder of In Touch Ministries, who once served as president of the Southern Baptist Convention, died at age 90 on Tuesday morning. His death was confirmed in a statement Tuesday posted to Instagram by In Touch Ministries. Dr. Stanley lived a life, uh, a faithful life of obedience dedicated to teaching others how to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Now he is receiving the joy of his soul, seeing his Savior face to face. So many of y'all maybe grew up on Charles Stanley and his preaching, in touch uh, ministries, uh, the you know all the all the different sermons and teachings, and uh, really it was a life well lived. And it wasn't a a perfect life by any means. There there were some bumps, some bruises, uh, you know, things happening. Uh, Christianity Today, who covers the story, uh, uh, the, his death as well, um, actually says that he took a punch 
to the face for his church. Uh, I guess there are some different things about, um, you know, him and leadership. And apparently someone punched him in the face. And so he, and he took it and he handled that well. He had some, uh, there, there's some things with his son. He, uh, Andy Stanley, who is a megachurch pastor now uh, of, of his own, really. They, they had some tough times and he had some marital issues, a divorce. So not, not a perfect life. I don't, we don't want to worship, but we do want to really pay our respects to someone who lived a life for the gospel. He was a pastor uh, of a very large church, I think, uh, when he uh, first Baptist Church of Atlanta for 51 years. He started as a an associate minister in 1969 when the megachurch had 5,000 members and remained in the pulpit until 2020 when it had about 15,000 members. He also preached daily on the radio and television through In Touch Ministries, which he founded in 1972 and was right, uh, widely regarded as, as one of the best preachers of his generation, along with Charles Swindle and Billy Graham. Uh, and, uh, you know, those are great, great preachers as well. Stanley's son, Andy, is also a megachurch pastor in Atlanta and a much-praised preacher. They were the only father-son duo to rank on Lifeway Research or George W. Truitt Theological Seminary's list of most influential living preachers. And so the whole family, you know, uh, really serves God. Now, I know Andy Stanley recently uh, has maybe said some questionable things. And uh, again, no one's perfect. Uh, we, we need to be careful there. But uh, just again, you want to respect people who have given their life to God that they have preached the gospel, ministered to countless thousands. And I think that's important to encourage us to, to finish the race well, to finish it strong. Stanley was a founding member of both the Moral Majority and the Christian Coalition, served as president of the Southern Baptist Convention at a key moment in the struggle between conservatives and uh, Christianity today says moderates, I would phrase it more as progressives or liberals, and wrote more than 50 books. That's a lot of books, y'all. I hope in my life I want to publish one book. So I don't understand the people. Uh, we have Dr. Greg Jantz on from time to time about some of his books. So some people can just crank out books like crazy. I don't understand. So he wrote more than 50 books. Now, it does help, I know, to have people help you write the books. And, you know, there, we have had problems with ghostwriting as well. That, that's sometimes an issue. But writing more than 50 books, that's wild. Anyways, um, the future preacher was born in 1932 in Dry Fork, Virginia which he would later say was a town so small it wasn't on the map. His father, also named Charles, died when Stanley was only nine months old. His mother, Rebecca Hardy Stanley, got a job in a mill in the middle of the Great Depression, earning about $9 per week. When she wasn't working, she took her son to a Pentecostal church and taught him how to read the Bible and pray. I can still hear her voice calling my name to God and telling him that she wanted me to follow him in whatever he called me to do, Stanley said. At age 12, Stanley accepted Jesus as a savior. Two years later, he discerned a call to preach and dedicated himself to the ministry. Uh, let's see. Uh, he has, what was about his education? Let me find that. He earned a Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of Richmond a Bachelor of Divinity degree at Southwestern Theological Seminary, and a Master of Theology and Doctor of Theology at Luther Rice Seminary. And then uh, he joined the staff in 1969 at First Baptist Church in, in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, anyway, so I just thought that was a, a story that, you know, you can, I, I should talk a little bit about because I know he has impacted so many through his preaching, his teaching, his books, is a church in Georgia. And again, so this is Charles Stanley, in-touch preacher who led with a stubborn faith. And again, not, not a perfect life. We don't want to 
I'm not into making people out to be perfect. Uh, he had his struggles, as we all do, but he served faithfully for so long, and I think that's an encouragement to us. So, y'all, as we head towards this 7 o'clock hour, um, oh, before I uh, I get to what I'm going to talk about next, uh, that, the two articles I kind of pulled from Christian Post and Christianity Today. Christianity Today has the longer article that I thought, you know, if you want to go learn more about his life and his various ups and downs and the ways he served God, I think that's what I would encourage y'all to go and do. But to really close this out, I'm going to read Ecclesiastes chapter three, because when I have a little bit of a heavier segment, like uh, the ones I've had this second hour outside of when we talked about Mario, which was a lot of fun, Andrew knows his stuff. And so that was enjoyable. But sometimes when I talk about heavier things, I, I go to Ecclesiastes chapter three and I'll start in verse one. There is a time for everything, and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them up. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. That y'all, whatever season of your life you're in, just try to enjoy it as best you can. Now, I know some of us are suffering. We're in a lot of pain. And so enjoy it would probably be the wrong word. But there are there are times to sit in whatever you're going through, to really meditate, to pause, to look up to God and be like, all right, I'm here, God. What would you have me do? What do you want from me? Lord, change my heart. There's a time to rest. I'm really bad at this, but just to soak in the sun, be outside on a warm, maybe breezy day, go out somewhere, uh, sit on the grass and just, just be, be present that there's more to life than the rat race, the degrees, the jobs, the raises, the, the chores, the itinerary, Th those things matter that we want to serve and work hard. Yes, but just sit and be Know that God is good. Rest in what he has done. That there's a time when, friends, if, if Jesus tarries, that we're going we're gonna to reach the end at some point. And then we want to know that we lived life well and we gave all of who we are, time, money, talent, possessions, we gave it to God. And I think those are good things to think about uh, tonight. Y'all, this is WXJC Radio, Priority Talk. Make sure you're praying always. Make sure you're active in your local church. You know, be a part of Bible studies. Serve in the local food pantry. Worship on Sunday mornings, y'all. That is part of life, and we want to live a good one for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, y'all. Not because we're trying to earn our salvation. No, don't think that. But because God has loved us, we look to love others and to offer ourselves, our lives, as living sacrifices to him. Romans 12, verse 1. Y'all, we will be back. Do not worry. We're on Mondays through Fridays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say tonight. Y'all, I'll talk to you later. So